guys, this is Sue Young, and you're listening to the show that calls it Straight Down the Middle, The Whole Reppin' Show. And now, the wrestling podcast that calls it Right Down the Middle, The Whole Reppin' Show. gentlemen, and welcome to yet another action-packed and exciting episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. That would have to be the one, the only, the whole Refn show. My name is Perry Smith. And my name is Darren Beasley. Darren Beasley, we are back like a vertebrae. You and I, we actually <laughs> missed uh, We missed last week uh, a little bit of real-life stuff going on. You, of course, uh, had to take your team of mock trialers uh, out of town, right, to uh, compete in competition, state competition? That's right. Um, I was, unfortunately, off the air, and we did not get to put out an episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, the whole reference show, last week, because I was in Athens, Georgia, Georgia's classic city, and I took um, uh, my mock trial team, uh, our district champion mock trial team, we went all the way to state to compete among the best eight mock trial squads in the state of Georgia. Down from 172 teams is what started, and uh, we were down to the final eight. And uh, we had a great weekend in Athens, Georgia. Spent three days, and I uh, got to take uh, all the kids to the to the hippest restaurants to uh, the cool vinyl record shops um, and probably the coolest comic book store in the world. Of course, I'm talking about the Wuckstry. And um, because of that, um, no, I just, there was literally not enough hours in the day for me to sit down and record this podcast last week. And we almost, we almost, we came perilously close to missing a second week as uh, yesterday I came down with a sinus infection. Uh, anyway, so yeah, for a couple days, I've just felt really lousy. But I, I think the uh, the excitement of, of revving up to do the show with you tonight has got me kind of on the mend. So I'm feeling a lot better. Well, it's good to hear that you are doing better. Uh, sorry that you did not win with your squad of mock trialers in Athens. But, I mean, Athens, that, that's a really cool place. I've only been there uh, once or twice, a few times, uh, three times a lady, um, <laughs> to Athens. Uh, a very cool place. Obviously, it is a it is a football town because UGA is right there, and neither one of us are UGA fans. But um, it's still a very cool, uh, a very nice school and a very cool campus. Um, and also, that that's like your mecca, Athens, because, come on, R.E.M., R.E.M., baby. Absolutely. My favorite rock and roll band of all time. R.E.M., of course, calls Athens Georgia home, and three of the members of R.E.M. still literally call Athens home. Uh, Peter Buck had to fuck off to Seattle for some reason about 20 years ago, but the rest of, <laughs> the rest of R.E.M., they, they, they stay true to Athens, and, uh, you know, R.E.M.'s not the only one. I mean, you have bands like the B-52s who actually came out of Athens before R.E.M., and so it was quite a music scene in the 80s. And uh, it continued to be quite a music scene really up and through today. That, that's the one thing I was not able to do and probably best advised not to do was take my pack of high schoolers and find some college 
house party uh, with the next great indie rock band. Right, right. I like that Peter Buck went to Seattle. No one told him that the the rock alternative grunge, that'll happen a long time ago in Seattle, Peter. You're a, a day late, a dollar short there. Um, the last time I had a long conversation about R.E.M. was actually backstage at Conan. Um, one of the writers who was with Conan for a long time, more recently he actually went uh, back to New York to work on Stephen Colbert's show. But uh, Brian Stack, uh, who was with Conan for many, many, many years, uh, a lot of the New York years before he made the move to Los Angeles, um, he's a huge fan of R.E.M., and I, when I talked to him, I was like, there's only one guy that likes R.E.M. as much as you do, Brian Stack, and that is my good friend Darren, uh, which is the only reason why I can hang with you. But I mentioned Georgia to him, and he was like, oh, man, like near Athens, R.E.M., because he is such a huge fan of, uh, I don't and, know. And I'm sure you were like, no, <laughs> uh, as far as you can get away from Athens and still be in the state. Basically, yeah, I had, a, I had to break his heart and say, no, Valdosta, where I hail from, is very, very far away from Athens. But yes, I do know R.E.M. and I do know Athens. But regardless, um, so I, I, got a quick, I got a quick question. I got a quick Conan question for you. I got a quick answer for you. Uh, has he removed his desk from his show? His show uh, has been... Actually, I haven't watched Conan in a very long time, but I've, uh, what I've been told, he revamped his show. So it's it looks a lot less like a like a late-night show or like a talk show, and it kind of looks like its own thing. So I, And I think they like they cut out the musical guests or something like that, and they cut out like portions really? of it. Yeah, they kind of like trimmed it down and, and stopped making it kind of fit the mold of a typical uh, talk show, uh, which is interesting. interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, what's the what's the uh, the blonde British dude that comes on uh, after Kimmel? Uh, uh, James, James Corden? Corden. Yes. Yeah, I, isn't his show kind of like that? He he doesn't have a desk, or if he does, he sits beside it or something like that. So he's, he's, he has much uh, easier access to the guests. I've never actually watched an episode of his show, but. Um... Yeah, I feel like James Corden's one of those situations where you don't have to tune in. You just wait for, like, the the best parts of it to become viral and show up on YouTube or Facebook or something like oh, that. Well, which they will. Which, by the way, is killing television because people just wait for the greatest hits uh, on YouTube and, and Facebook. But anyway. Uh, we, well, you know, what kids in the, you know what the kids in the hall said about uh, greatest hits albums, right? What do they say? Uh, greatest hits albums are for housewives and little girls. <laughs> I, I tend to agree, sure. They're they're not not for them. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we got way off topic there, but I'm glad you're back, Darren, and I'm sure our hashtag dear listeners are glad you're back and hopefully glad that we are back to call it right down the middle because that's what we do here on the whole ref and show, Darren. We're the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. And yeah, I mean, they got to be glad that you're back too. I mean, if there's not me, there's not you. And if there's not you, there's not me. So... Without the two of us, there is no whole ref and show, so I'm pretty sure they're glad we're back. Right. With only one of us, it's the half ref and show. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're glad I'm back. Uh, I hope they're glad that I'm front as well. On today's episodes, we got headlines. We got scoops, Darren. Uh, we got some recent sightings over at WWE. One is particularly interesting. One I don't really care too much about. Uh, also, Titan Towers uh, will potentially no longer be where WWE uh, originates from, hails from, is uh, ruled from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, also, lots lots of news regarding WrestleMania, because we are 
on the road to WrestleMania. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are off the fast lane because that already happened. We're now on the faster lane, apparently, because WrestleMania is the next thing to look forward to. You know, exactly. And when you're in the fast lane, you're you're, you're in the car, you, you, you got it in gear, you got your driving gloves on. Maybe you convinced your friend Cameron to steal his dad's car. And, you know, you're wearing your, your fedora and your, your raincoat and your Matthew Broderick and uh, it's your day off. And <laughs> because you're already in the fast lane and you're headed to WrestleMania, you might be prepared for a drive-by. Or, or if we're talking about WrestleMania, I think you want to get your six shooters out and jingle and jangle them spurs for a WrestleMania roundup. Well, I don't know about that, Lash LaRue, but do uh, you think you can keep your spurs from jingling and jangling and maybe not uh, puncture a tire or scrape my new paint job? Because, dude, I'm on the highway. I'm on the highway to the danger zone, and I may not even stop in New York slash New Jersey because I may just see it in the distance. I may come around the corner and I see Manhattan, and I see <laughs> whatever else there is, wherever. <laughs> the Meadowlands, is that the name of this? Is that where they're at? The New Meadowlands? Where is this going? And, <laughs> it's, it's going on a drive-by. <laughs> Well, we'll get into that a bit later on, uh, but uh, before we do head to WrestleMania, we, of course, need to discuss the results of Fastlane. Uh, not into too much detail. Again, we are a little a little late on this uh, review of Fastlane, but it did happen. We did go head-to-head. Head-to-head. So we're going to discuss the results of WWE's Fastlane, but before we do, Darren, we've got to tackle some of them. Headlines. DJ Z and Shane Strickland are WWE bound, Darren. Your thoughts? What does that mean? What is that? My thoughts? Uh, well, WWE, does that mean NXT? Does that mean 205 Live? Do these guys get celebrated? Is it going to be like, uh, are, are they going to be the ones that are sitting in the crowd at TakeOver, or are they just thrown, like, onto the reserve pile uh, until <laughs> who knows? Sorry to me to laugh, Darren. I just, uh, I thought about what you said before we recorded about DJZ, where you said that DJZ and Mustafa Ali would doink the clown in the ring because they, they had the very similar glowing gimmicks, the, the rave outfit gimmicks. The the like punks from Batman and Robin uh, going on. That, that's the one with Coolio, right? His gang was like the Neon Gang. Sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm uh, right about that. Okay, Coolio. Mm, wow. Yes, Coolio. Was I mean, and we're the ones who should know the answer to this. So I feel a little ashamed. I, of course, I'll never forget Gangsta's Paradise. How could we ever? Uh, but what was his hit? What was his hit before that? Like Fantastic Voyage. Okay, that's right. I was like, what earned him Gangsta's Paradise? Like, what earned him a Hollywood soundtrack for Michelle Pfeiffer? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a Fantastic Voyage. uh, Slide, slide, slippity slide. Correct. That's the one. Um, 
so yeah, that one against his paradise, of course, which of course Weird Al parodied into Amish Paradise and Coolio. Coolio and, and Weird Al had a beef for uh, many years. It may still be going on. I don't know, but uh, people still remember Weird Al these days. Coolio, not so much. So if you ha if you let me just say this, if you have a beef with Weird Al Yankovic, you <laughs> are an asshole. You will always be in the wrong. If there is a beef between you and Weird Al, you will always be in the wrong. Always. Well, Weird Al and I currently are within a beef, Darren, so I don't I don't appreciate that at all. Uh, but well, you're an asshole, Perry. Oh, uh, well, some have said that. Uh, DJ Z. Well, just for that reason, I'm saying it. Just for that reason. DJ Z, uh, he's, he's a wrestler. Uh, he's he's uh, done some impressive... Things. I'm sorry. When I think of DJ Z, I just think of him no showing a fest wrestling show, and and I'll be totally honest with you. That's my only thought on DJ Z. You know, I, I don't even know what he looks like. <laughs> I uh... all, all these DJ Z fans, Darren. All the DJ Z maniacs who showed up to fest wrestling to see DJ Z, his face on the poster. Which fest wrestling? That's an issue because they put everyone they can on that poster and. We've looked at these posters, because you have most of them framed on your wall, because you are a huge Fest Wrestling fan, as am I, and every poster, there's at least two of the larger people, like, the, the, the picture's the biggest. Like, you, know, like you, you can go through a Fest Wrestling poster and say, they weren't there, alright, they weren't there for that one, okay, they weren't there for that one, so... Uh, well, well, you know, Devil's Advocate, DJ Z, maybe he had a family emergency well, or something like that, he wears but... That I've never seen his real face, because he wears that light-up mask, the thing That's is, his real face, Darren. That's his real <laughs> face. He surgically well, he surgically had light up uh, attached to the lower part of his face because he lost it. I thought maybe maybe he was in a horrible light bright accident and it got <laughs> somehow uh, somehow merged with his face. There are no horrible light bright accidents. There are only happy light bright accidents, Darren. Light bright, light bright, <laughs> the power of shining light. Oh my god, this episode's dumb. Um, the power of shining light. Yeah, uh, people had a lot that's, of imagination back then. That's either really stupid or incredibly deep. <laughs> I'd say the former. It might be, it might be like a like a, a pro solar power environmentalist message. Oh I mean, wow, they were just way ahead of light, their time. Light, light bright brought to you by the Sierra Club. <laughs> So DJ Z is headed to WWE. Uh, that's interesting. Very interesting, though. The very talented Shane Strickland headed to WWE. Very excited about that. I hope he is used very, very well. Uh, I hope he is not someone who's kind of just, you know, thrown out there at first. Like, oh, he's a big prospect. Look at him. And then just kind of like, ah, and then we job him out. We job him out to someone. We kind of forget about him. I've always enjoyed watching him wrestle. Uh, luckily, I've gotten the chance to see him live many times at Fest Wrestling. Um, but I know for a fact that he will not be coming out to any Shaka Khan music. And that already hurts my heart. Uh, it, yeah, it absolutely does. He doesn't come out to it uh, really anywhere anymore, uh, as far as I know. That was his entrance music for Fest Wrestling, and we became absolutely enamored with that. And to see him come out to really anything else, it, it it saps a little bit of his vibe away from him. It 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 takes a little bit away from from his from he's the king of swerve. He's like super smooth and chill, and uh, the Chaka Khan just 
totally jives with it, and anything else doesn't. Yeah, it's just it's when you hit the nail on the head with this with an entrance music like that, and that song, no one else could come out to uh, "Ain't Nobody." Um, like he could, it just, it worked. It worked so well. It's like, it's like fucking the Gymnasty Boys coming out to, uh, back that ass up. It's like, no one could come out to that. Oh, but only they could, you know? But I mean, it's, it's so nail on the head. It's like, you know, the Undertaker coming out to, you know, the funeral march and then just not anymore. Like, oh, I can't use that in WWE, so come out to wiggle, 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 wiggle. So something. You, you mean like the series of obnoxious songs he did come out to? Yes. When he was the American badass? Yes. We're not getting into uh, that. Let's, let's see. No, I'm going to get into it. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's see. Let's take one of the most iconic characters ever with most iconic look, gimmick, feel, presence, music, costume, character, storyline, Let's strip 100% of it away and make him be an, a, a later version of what was the Disciples of Apocalypse, which were cheap, shitty ripoffs of The Undertaker. Let's rehash a shitty ripoff version of him as him, and let's take the worst musicians of this era and have him come out to a song by every one of them. <laughs> I, I will say, since you're bringing that up, I, I, I will I will connect these dots very quickly, which some wrestling fans might already know this. Uh, so The Undertaker, right, existed as The Undertaker for so long, and eventually there, there comes a fake Undertaker, right, who is played by someone who would go on to become a biker character named Chains, right? The Undertaker would go on to eventually become a biker character, and that's funny to me. It's basically... Fake Undertaker becomes a biker, and that's a real gimmick. And then Undertaker becomes a biker, and that's his new gimmick. That's just very funny to me. Like, yeah, it's, it makes you wonder: Did does Mark Calloway really just want to be Brian Lee? Basically, yeah. Or, what's ha or what's happening with that? I think he's more like Brian Lee in his real life. But uh, anyway, Shane Strickland. <laughs> as long as he's got that swagger, as long as he's got that swerve, he's he's gonna be just fine. He's definitely got the ability and the talent. Shane Strickland is just a phenomenal talent, and hopefully, again, he is used properly. NXT bound, I, I would actually like to see him in NXT to wrestle with some of the people who are there right now before he goes to SmackDown or Raw, and God knows what happens uh, from there on. But I would love to see some really good matches out of Shane Strickland in NXT while we can. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there, There's no doubt that we're not the only ones who believe that he is this talented. Throughout his entire tenure on the uh, independent scene, he has been highly, highly decorated, carrying belts in the Pacific Northwest, in the Southeast, throughout Florida, Texas, uh, and you know he's highly recognizable as a part of Evolve, uh, as a part of uh, MLW, uh, and as soon as it was relaunched, and of course Fest Wrestling as well. He even defended his Defy Wrestling Championship at a Fest Wrestling show. And I just think that uh, a lot of that fanfare is going to carry him very far. I hope that it does so similarly to uh, what's happening with Matt Riddle right now. I think that Matt Riddle right now is getting a lot of traction because of his, uh, of, of his indie fanfare. And Shane Strickland seems primed to do the same thing as long as they'll pull that trigger.
Well, we'll see what the decisions are. They're made from Titan Towers. Oh, but are they anymore? <laughs> Do we know that for sure? Titan Towers, apparently, uh, WWE's headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, apparently, they're looking to vacate and uh, move on somewhere else. Maybe a larger tower. Uh, maybe one that actually reaches. Maybe one that's actually on Mount Olympus. And they can throw lightning bolts down at uh, smaller organizations, um, possibly. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if, if you're going to move your offices, you might as well move uh, somewhere that makes more sense. Uh, I would I would move my offices to Orlando because apparently that's where everything goes down for WWE. It's where the Performance Center is, NXT shows, uh, all kinds of stuff happens in Orlando. But they're going to stay in Stanford? Is that correct? Uh, for everything that I've read so far seems to point to the fact that they want to stay right there in Stamford or, you know, Connecticut or the New York City metro area, so to speak. But I'm with you. Why don't they just relocate to Orlando? I mean, even George Steinbrenner, the late owner of the New York Yankees, had relocated pretty much everything except Yankee Stadium to Tampa Bay. Uh, now, it's one thing to have that sort of um, snowbird area of respite where you might have spring break, where you might have some offices, your vacation home, et cetera, et cetera. But Steinbrenner basically did what McMahon is kind of doing now, and it's he relocated everything except the team to Tampa Bay. And, I mean, it actually surprised me other than why would you – sell the Yankees and buy the Rays. Why didn't he sell the Yankees and buy the Rays? But McMahon, he didn't, he's not in that predicament. Vince McMahon could just uproot Titan Towers and put it in Orlando where everything else is. The Performance Center is far more of WWE today than Titan Towers is. Uh, first of all, Titan Towers, plural, is just one building. So uh, what we've been calling Titan Towers, plural, for 40 years is really just one building. And it is a tower. Also, is Titan even a part of Vince's corporate structure at all anymore? We know that that was sort of his idea of the parent company, uh, Titan Sports, Coliseum Home Video, and he had these you know, delusions of grandeur, to borrow the phrase from Larry Zbysko, <laughs> uh, that I don't know that Vince was one of the Titans, that he was the, you know, more powerful than the gods. There's Vince McMahon, and uh, that's what Titan was to him. But after Yes, Darren. Went, oh, yes, Darren. We've all seen Remember the Titans. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Which very, very, very quickly, uh, whenever I think about the movie Remember the Titans, uh, I think about working at Hollywood Video, and when you print a receipt for someone who purchased uh, Remember the Titans or rented it, it would cut off after the second T. So <laughs> really? Oh, and I would just laugh and laugh. It's That's the little things. You know, whenever I think about Remember the Titans, you know what I think about. What do you think about? I think about how you watch this movie and it's all about uh, just how powerful it can be when people come together and they can achieve anything and they go on to uh, become one. They cross all of the racial borders that kept the kids apart 
and the community comes together and it grows and they win football games and they win the state championship. And in the closing monologue, the little girl has to say, and we finished number two in the nation that year. <laughs> and you know who was number one in the nation that year? My alma mater, the Valdosta High School Wildcats. Oh. That's right. That's right. When you're watching Remember the Titans and you listen to the closing monologue, know that while you're weeping with joy uh, for the Titans, remember they were only second best to the Valdosta Wildcats. And you'll be weeping with joy because you're happy that they were second to your Valdosta Wildcats. <laughs> I'm, I'm on to you, Darren. Seriously, about the whole Titan thing, like, especially, you know, there's another thing I, I don't think a lot of people pay much attention to because, uh, first of all, we don't pay attention, even us, it's second nature for us to call Vince's company WWE these days. But I remember a time when it was like, oh, man, that's bullshit. I'll never call it that. That's the WWF. Well, they went public before they changed their name. And they were briefly known, the corporate entity was briefly known as WWFE. And I remember thinking, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. I didn't know that it was going to be a problem because of the World Wildlife Fund. That reared its ugly head a little while later. And, of course, that was the ultimate downfall of the F. And that's why they had to, quote, unquote, get the F out. <laughs> but I remember that brief period where uh, it, the stock was being traded as WWFE. And that actually makes me wonder, what is it traded as now? Is it WWEE? -E? Or is it just WWE? I, uh, I think it's just a bunch of money symbols right now. <laughs> it probably is. As one who has nothing to do whatsoever with the stock market, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. I'm curious what uh, how WWE trades on the stock market these days. But yeah, I mean, I, the long and short of it for me is I would sell the. First of all, I wouldn't sell the building. I'd leave everything exactly the same. But if Vince feels that for some reason, whatever it is, he's got to sell Titan Towers. Um, if he wants something bigger, then sure. Buy a big giant building in Manhattan and make yourself present that way. Otherwise, if you're looking for something smaller, go down to Orlando and build something next to Full Sail or the PC and, and just you know have your little South Florida conglomerate there and just call it a day. You know, Vince has not got that many years left. Stay where the weather is warm year-round, dude. Like I mentioned to you before, and I've mentioned on this show, uh, he needs to go, Vince needs to go buy up a ton of land in Orlando. It's not that expensive, especially not, you know, compared to Stanford, Connecticut territory. Um, much like Walt Disney, who bought up a bunch of land <laughs> back in the day, obviously to build Disney World. You know, Walt Disney actually bought up a bunch of land under different names, though. That way, no one caught, no one would catch wind that one person's buying up a bunch of land in the same area, and they'd up the price on them. Um, so that was really sneaky, Walt Disney. Um, but um, <laughs> buy up a big enough area and make your own studio where you can build sound stages for you know filming your movies for WWE films. Uh, you know you can you can build some sort of arena basically to have NXT shows, so you can take it away from Full Sail and make it like like WWE Camp or something like that, or WWE Studios or whatever. 
Um, there's just so much you can do. And, and I think a lot of studios are actually building sound stages and offices in Orlando and have been ever since somehow, for some reason, movies and television kind of came east. And now a lot of things get done in Atlanta and a lot of things get done in Orlando because of the tax breaks. Um, so yeah, WWE is kind of late on that one. They should have been doing that all along. Um, but that's just, that's just my, my two cents, whatever. Stay in Stanford, Connecticut, where, you know, it snows in the winter. I'm sure that's a benefit. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. My, they definitely have my vote on relocating, uh, the whole kitten caboodle right there down in O-Town. Right. Well, we'll see what happens there. We'll keep you guys abreast of any new developments. Uh, but developments, there are plenty developments to be had when it comes to WrestleMania, Darren. And there are so many WrestleMania developments. We like to put it into a segment that we call WrestleMania Roundup. Well, I'll tell you what, that's nice shooting text, but around uh, these parts... We refer to it, me and the baby driver, that is, as the drive-by. Okay, Darren, we, we have this argument every year, all right? And a lot of our hashtag your listeners who have been here since the beginning, they know they know that it's coming, and, and they, they're wondering why we have yet to agree on what this segment is called. And I thought that we had come to an agreement that it was going to be called the WrestleMania Roundup. So. And I can, well, yeah, okay, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, okay, I can see why you might, maybe, could possibly think that. Uh, but in all reality, we decided, you and I, we had the discussion, and it wasn't an easy one, and it, there was a lot of bartering, there was a lot of bribery uh, but i think that we definitely came to the consensus after two years of bickering that really with everything all being considered with everyone's best interest in mind it would definitely be referred to from here on out as the wrestlemania drive-by <laughs> disagree uh for the sake oh. of our fans we'll, we'll we'll talk more about this off the air darren i, I don't want to waste any more time because there's so much to talk about because we have well, some new we'll talk about it off the air we oh sweet pippy. you bet your bottom dollar and your top dollar uh we got some new inductees into the class of 2019 wwe hall of fame it's a tag team that we know pretty well harlem heat let's go to the huff Let's go to the hot. Let's go to the hot, oh baby. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The multi-time tag team champions Harlem Heat, the team of one Stevie Ray and Booker T. Former not the champion. team, not the team of Kane and Cole. No, 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 definitely not. But is it going to be the team? It won't be. I'll go ahead and tell you the answer to this. It will not be the team of Harlem Heat, Booker T, Stevie Ray. And Colonel Robert Parker. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And it probably also will not be the team of Booker T, Stevie Ray, and Sister Sherry, although it probably should be that. Actually, Stevie Ray is uh, lobbying to get Sherry Martell in there with them as well. 
Uh, now, now Sherry Martell already is in the Hall of Fame. I do want to point that out, but uh, C.B. Ray is actually uh, pleading the case to get Sister Sherry in as well. Which, and you said it, and I agree with you, that, that, that could happen. That'd be fine with that. Oh, that would be most excellent. But with the fact that they're making such a big deal about Shawn Michaels becoming a two-time Hall of Famer uh, because of his Degeneration X entry... And now Booker T becoming a two-time WWE Hall of Famer thanks to this very uh, entry with Harlem Heat. That is a super elite club. And uh, is Triple H ready to make Sherry Martell one of the pioneers of that club? Because at this juncture, she absolutely would be. And I think because of the many, many, many contributions that Sherry Martell made to pro wrestling is first of all, while is why she's already there. And I think secondly, especially if Harlem heat is pushing for it, why not? Uh, Cause she was a huge part of Harlem heat for a long time, not the whole time, but for a very long time. And especially during the period in which they were new, they were young and hungry Two, they were new and different, and she added. She really added a lot to them um, as a manager and as a and as more than a manager. She was a really integral part uh, of Harlem Heat at one time. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think Sherry was never wasted. Whenever she was with anyone, like she she made a big impact and she was really a big part of the storyline of what was going on. So you know. Her, her being inducted with Harlem Heat may or may not happen. Probably won't happen, but if it did, that should ruffle no one's feathers. Um, right, right. But but more on actual Harlem Heat going in. Of course, uh, a lot is known about Booker T, not as much about Stevie Ray. Uh, Stevie Ray, of course, uh, once Harlem Heat did break up, he uh, kind of went his own way, more or less. He joined the NWO back when the NWO got way too saturated with people. Um, um, <laughs> so he wasn't really used... I don't think they really know what to do with them after Harlem Heat broke up. Whereas Booker T, I mean, Booker T is just a superior wrestler to his brother. I'll say that. It was, uh, Stevie Ray was definitely the powerhouse of the team, but Booker T, like, could move and wrestle. And, I mean, Booker T having a, a phenomenal singles career after that was just, I mean, that was going to happen because he always had that talent. Yeah, and uh, Stevie Ray could talk. So don't 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 think for a second that Stevie Ray didn't know what he was doing on the microphone, but Booker T had more overall charisma. Booker T could do more by not talking than Stevie Ray could do talking. Now, that's sort of what made them so special together, and that's why Harlem Heat as a tag team absolutely deserves this. To me, this is uh, a fair induction of a team this is not an extra pat on the back for Booker T. This is not Booker T's induction for a second time. This is a, a Hall of Fame career, you know, a Hall of Fame worthy career for this tag team. And that is to say that Stevie Ray may not have been the singles competitor that Booker T was, but he was 50% by God of Harlem Heat. Absolutely. He was not a, he was not a weak link. Uh, he was a very special part. The one thing that I think is very strange, though, is once they truly went their separate ways after the close of WCW and, you know, Booker T went and he had a uh, pretty 
lengthy and successful career in WWE. Then he went to TNA. He's come back to WWE. And uh, there was a period of time, I believe, for four, five, six years where um, Booker T and Stevie Ray did not speak to one another. And uh, I never knew all of the, 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 the ins and outs of that disagreement. But apparently it was not until Booker T uh, decided to seek out his brother to induct him in, into the WWE Hall of Fame that they spoke again. And I'm curious, had Booker T not gone in when he did, if they would have remained uh, radio silent to each other? I mean, that's awful. It happens all the time. It happens every day. Uh, sibling rivalries can be the worst rivalries in the world, but you always you always hate to hear about them. Well, as, as Booker T would remind you several times whenever it came to feuding with his brother on wrestling television, blood is thicker than water, Darren. But did you know that expression actually means the opposite of what you think it means? I don't know. Enlighten me, please. Well, what, what, what do you think blood is thicker than water means? I guess I never thought about what it means. Okay, well, we'll uh, I, guess I, I guess what I would take away from it is, well, I guess if somebody said it, if you mean that, like, uh, your family ties are the closest ties, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, the, the way the way I think people see it is, like, uh, blood is thicker than water, like, family is more important than, like, you know, they, they say, like, when an instance happens or, like, something bad happens, it's water under the bridge. I think people kind of think of it, like, in those terms. But it means the opposite of that. Actually, the full expression is the blood of the coven is thicker than the water of the womb. So, basically, what it's saying is your brotherhood with, like, the people you're with is more important than, like, your real brother. Um, is basically what that expression means. So, people actually think blood thicker than water... They they think you're saying your family is more important than you know bullshit, oh, shit. than than the bullshit or whatever. It actually means the opposite of what you think it means. Where the water is actually the water of the womb. That's your family, and the blood is actually the blood of your coven, the people that you're associating with at that time. The teacher just got educated. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, okay, I mean. When you say the whole sentence, I mean, first of all, I, I don't, that's a philosophical debate. I don't know if I readily agree with it, but it makes that expression mean something completely different. Literally the opposite. It literally and means the opposite. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's that. So really I would say nobody knows that. So probably 98% of people who say that or have ever said it, are literally saying the opposite of what they mean. Correct. And Booker T wow. did it. Booker T did it many times on television. Is all I wanted to say. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but 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 I'm I'm assuming that means that your coven had better take some sort of blood oath, right? Because if it doesn't, then it's not worth anything. Sure, sure. Uh, so that 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 was fun to talk about, and I'm glad I finally got to say that on the air uh, because I. <laughs> Because I, I think uh, Booker T said it around the time when Rick and Scott Steiner were feuding, and it was like, oh, the Steiner brothers, they can't feud, they're the Steiner brothers, and I think that's what Booker T's remarks were. And it's like, no, no, Booker T, you keep that doesn't mean what you think it means, buddy, it means the opposite of what you're saying it means. Uh, anyway, so Harlem Heat is going in. Uh, man, congratulations to them, and uh, again, I don't think anyone's going to debate that. Uh, moving on, we... Wait a minute. 
Oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we did it, baby. We did it, man. We did it. We going into the hoof, man. We're going to do the hoof. You know what I'm saying, man? Me and Stevie, man, baby. We're going to go from a, 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 from Hundred and Street, baby, all the way to the half. We're gonna be that WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, Booker T, welcome back to the whole reffing show, man. Congratulations on the your second induction in, into the half. Yeah, it's uh, really quite remarkable. <laughs> baby, I know what I know, baby. Me and Stevie Ray, baby, we're going in there. We we're gonna do it hundred and ten percent because we're from hundred tip hundred ten street. You understand? You understand what I'm saying, man? Me and me right. and my brother, because you know what? Could blood is stick in the water. Good blood is thinking they want. Uh, uh, Booker T, uh, we just had a discussion about that. It doesn't um, doesn't quite mean what you think it means, Booker. Yeah, Perry was just telling us that actually it, it means the opposite. Um, so I, maybe you might want to reconsider using that turn of phrase. Oh, you might want to you might want to reconsider your attitude. You know what I'm saying, man? You might want to reconsider. You might because I'm on a turn about the spin of Rooney and it's going to be a missile drop kick upside your head. <laughs> well, well, uh, uh well then uh, pl uh, please pardon me, but uh how about uh what about Sister Sherry? Well, uh, Oh man, Sister Sherry. Oh Lord, man, Sister Sherry, man. I'm looking up in the I'm looking up right now in the heavens. I know I know Sister Sherry was looking at you smiling at me. She's smiling at me. I got the love for Sister Sherry. Stevie Ray's got the love for Sister Sherry, man. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You feel me? You feel me? You feel me? I, you feel yeah, me? I, yeah, uh I, feel you. I, I, I do have uh, one other question for you. Um Lay it on me, String Bean. You know, Bean. <laughs> you know uh, anytime that uh, anybody gets to talking about uh, Booker T, especially in this, uh, I guess this Generation Z, the the age of the meme, um, you know, there's that that rather controversial promo that you shot that one time uh, as Harlem Heat, and I, I'm sure as more and more people start googling and YouTubing Harlem Heat, they're going to come across that one in which you called out Hulk Hogan, and uh, that was a very uh, unfortunate slip of the tongue there, Booker T. And uh, do you do I need to remind you any further of, of what I'm talking about? Well, I gotta go, y'all. It's always a pleasure being here on the whole reference show, man. The, the, the rest of the podcast, of course, it right down the middle, and I always appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? They're always saying nice things about Booker T. I gotta go. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to say nice things about you. No, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. I gotta get out of here, brother. You guys keep it up. You guys gotta keep it real. You gotta keep it. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta come straight from the heart. You gotta come straight from the heart. You understand me? Well, that's that's it. He's he's gone, Darren. I don't I don't really care for that question very much. But he certainly is no longer with us. He's he's like the Ouija. He's like the Ouija. So, sometimes the spirit's with you, and sometimes they have to go. They don't like the question. So we appreciate uh, uh, Booker T. <laughs> Booker T is like the Ouija. <laughs> it's like when uh, it's like when um, it's like when Patrick Swayze possesses Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost uh, to communicate with Demi Moore one last Ooh. time. It's it's kind of like that. I'm not saying that I am in any way Booker T, but uh, it, it, something kind of feels like that. So we know that Harlem Heat is going into the Hoff 
Darren. Also quite a bit of news as far as WrestleMania proper is concerned. We have a couple of match announcements. Uh, we know Kurt Angle is going to have his final match in WWE against Baron Corbin, which I don't think anyone's happy about. I don't understand that. I don't understand that at all. Uh, Kurt Angle chose this opponent. Right. Uh, but my first question is, did Kurt Angle choose this opponent? Like, you never know what might actually be real in wrestling. And you think that maybe this was real. Like, I mean, they play it out on television, but also maybe behind the scenes he was like, yes, I, I think that that would be my, that would be a good final opponent. Storyline-wise, it makes all the sense in the world because Corbin has been a thorn in uh, Angle's paw for a very long time. But I think everyone's just kind of like, no, 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 screw all that. I want to see Kurt Angle like wrestle some other legend, you know, one last time. Uh, I think a lot of people are like, no, no, Cena. Cena's got no one to wrestle. Make uh, Angle and Cena wrestle, and I, I'm all for that. Again, you know, I actually, I'm all for that too. I mean, I don't think that would be the greatest match in the world. I don't think it would be some amazing barn burner, but I think it would be special. Sure. Um, for the obvious reasons of that was Cena's first main roster match was against Kurt Angle. But That's, also... You got a point, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, here they are, both of them in the twilight of their career, and uh, admittedly in Kurt Angle's final match, I think it would be very special to do something like that. Or someone that he has more substantial history with. I mean, I know he's got this story with Corbin, but is it enough? You know, is Corbin special enough? And we say that John Cena and Kurt Angle wouldn't have a barn burner match. Are Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle going to have a barn burner match? I seriously doubt it. No, no. I I, I mean, it's, Corbin is just is not in the realm. He's, he's not even in the ballpark of like, man, who could Kurt Angle's last match be with? I mean, no one wants this to happen. And I feel bad for Baron Corbin because everyone's, you know, poo-pooing on it, basically. And I guess kind of rightly so. But again, storyline-wise, it makes all the sense in the world. But if it is to be Kurt Angle's end, it's it's he's going to go out with a whimper regardless. Because, I mean, just Corbin doesn't have the cachet uh, for that last match. So. Uh, also, Tony Nese and Buddy Murphy are going to be fighting for the Cruiserweight Championship. That's official now. Uh, they're finally investing in Tony Nese. Uh, and that should be a good match, I suppose. Yeah. I yeah, it'll be a fine match. It really will be a <laughs> fine <perfectly>, match. <laughs> it'll be a perfectly okay match. Uh, it will not be a, a show stealer. I know that they probably think, well, Buddy Murphy, he's the high flyer. So Buddy Murphy, we can put, we can put a old you know brick shit house Tony Nese in there um, because that dude is carved out of marble. Uh, I think the the problem, the only problem with Tony Nese is that he's like heavy as marble, and he doesn't have the aerial <laughs> ability. That I think that's the whole purpose in them making 205 the brand that it is. I'm not saying that's what I would do. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that that is what WWE has done, and now putting Murphy and Nese in there, these are two of the most muscle bound guys in the company. I don't care if they're 40, 60, 80 pounds lighter, you know, than your Samoa Joes, your Baron Corbins, or your big shows. At a glance, and especially if they're the only two dudes in the ring, they look enormous. And yet, you're going to have them be your cruiserweights, representing 205 Live, 
and it's just going to look not right. You, I think if you're going to have a WrestleMania match for your 205 Live guys, you either this is where you have your multi-man tag. I think there should be a six- or eight-man tag of cruiserweights at every single WrestleMania. That way, to me, that no, is... Easy, Bischoff. What are you no, booking? What are you booking, a Nitro? What is yes, this hour two I of am, Nitro? I am booking a Nitro. I am booking a Nitro, and that's my whole point. You know what worked? You know what won ratings? Those Nitros, those kind of Nitros and that kind of Bischoff booking. And... I think that you book that, the 2019 version of it, is an eight-man 205 live match on the main WrestleMania card. You have, you kind of you kind of get into this, like, uh, almost this quagmire about the fourth or fifth hour of WrestleMania when you get, like, this, the, you, this, the slogging through these singles matches. And then all of a sudden you plot down eight high flyers and you reinvigorate the crowd, or for those who decide they don't like that kind of wrestling, it gives them a full-blown uh, opportunity to run and get, uh, to relieve themselves or to get some nachos. Sure, sure, sure. No, no, you're, you're not wrong about that, but I think you're making a lot of hubbub out of what's going to be a pre-show, going to be a kickoff show match there, Darren. Uh, but I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong it with is, that. It, I, it is It is. somewhat of a mismatch. I totally understand what you're saying. Tony Nese is not known for his acrobatics. Um, no, these, just, these, these guys are going to look too big for what they're representing when they're the only two in the ring. Sure. No, no. I, you know, I totally... Buddy Murphy himself is a high flyer, but to represent 205 Live, the other person has to be... Uh, you know, a luchador or a Leo Rush or a Cedric Alexander or something like that. I I don't know. No, I, I, I don't. I, it is kind of a mismatch. I understand. Uh, but speaking of mismatch, you might not like the other match announced for the United States title belt. Samoa Joe wrestling Rey Mysterio. Now, that's also oh. kind of interesting because they're, they're both a mismatch. They're, they're both phenomenal wrestlers, but it's the same exact thing. You have a guy that does corkscrew planches through the air you know, moonsaulting, all that stuff. And you have Samoa Joe, who is very agile for a big man. Make no mistake about it, but it is kind of like Samoa Joe should just pancake this guy, right? Yes, it does look that way. But in the world of pro wrestling, we know it doesn't have to be that way. Oh, and, so it may and so it may surprise you, but I actually quite dig this match. Um, the reason is because I like both of these guys so much individually. And I like the fact that this is a cool matchup in all reality. I mean, this is this is your Shawn Michaels versus Sid. You know, this is Bret Hart versus Diesel. You know, th this is is that sort of thing. Where <laughs> you're you naming have... very tall people. Samoa Joe's not terribly tall, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, there are, if, if is... Sid or Diesel kind of like you know hunched over a little bit, you know, it, it's it's well, more well, like okay, that. Okay, sure. well then this is. Ric Flair versus Vader, right? Or something like that. Sure, but, sure. I can kind of get behind that. Sure, sure. <laughs> or Mikey Whipwreck versus the Sandman. You know, it's just... Uh, uh, you're really, you're missing. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're launching, you're, you're, you're blindly launching mortars over enemy lines, but you're just missing everything that's actually going to do any damage. <laughs> I am, I am offended 
These are and these are not blindly tossers. <laughs> I am a well-informed ballistics brigadier. This is Bam Bam versus Owen Hart, basically. This is uh, this is. Um... I don't know. Like I, I, it's it's not a huge guy versus you know a a super you know cruiserweight. It's 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 just not quite it is that. that. It is that. But the, the thing is, like their 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 abilities are only slightly askew from each other. You know what I mean? Like Samoa Joe is stout is, okay. and can and, and can be agile. You know, Rey Mysterio is very agile, but he is a little stout as well. Like, so it, it is kind of like, it's almost like a, a sliding scale when you're making a default player in wrestling with the abilities. And they're they're closer, I think, toward the middle than you think. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and here's, my last, here's my last shot at, at being more fair and, and getting them more closely aligned. It's sort of like Eligante uh, versus... <laughs> Little Beaver. Oh, fuck you. The second you said Elegante, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. This, 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 this is Minute Bull versus Nicholas, the former WWE Raw Tag Team Champion. Yes. This is, this is Yokozuna versus Max Mini. You got me there, Darren. That's exactly that's exactly what this is. So we can't wait this for this. Is, this is Mabel versus Mo. Oh, wow. <laughs> Don't you ever say that. The, the, the two would never fight. The best of friends. What, what would Oscar do? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> We'd have rock in a hard place. Uh, so that's going on. Uh, earlier you mentioned Undertaker and John Cena are both uh, slated to appear uh, to what degree we don't know. Uh, I gotta say, you know, watching that Ric Flair bash on Raw, old Sting looked pretty good. Uh, why don't you just go ahead and make a little exhibition here and do a little Sting versus Taker? Just get it out of the way. Just let me see it. I know it'll be horrible. I just want to see the two of them staring at each other in a ring. I, I want to see like build up for it on the Raws leading up to it. That's all I care about. You just need Undertaker to come out and say, like, I've got one more left in me. I need someone who knows about the darkness, blah, blah, blah. And then lights go out. You get that, that like, an ominous Sting music from the good times of Sting. And, you know, Sting comes out. He's like, I know someone. I'm someone who's been to the dark side, big man. I know someone. I mean, I am someone. I am someone who's been to the dark side, brother. And I'll go there with you at WrestleMania. And the place would just fucking explode because you have Sting versus Taker. And Taker would beat Sting, which means Sting is like never won a return match in WWE. Um, <laughs> but it'd be worth it just to have that match happen. Because Sting wants it to happen. He still gets that question. They've been talking about this match happening since, like, 2001. And it's, here we are, 2019. And every now and again, Sting has to address that. And, you know, and, like, stay in somewhat decent shape in, in, in case the bat phone rings and Vince McMahon says, we want you at Manny to fight Taker. Because it could happen but the longer we get away from it, the more it's like, well, it'll never happen. Just happen. Just happen. Just happen. Just happen. Okay. This is the last year that I'll allow it. <laughs> well, Taker should have retired after Roman Reigns beat him at WrestleMania 33. That should have been it. Because they want to keep bringing Taker out. And I'm never terribly impressed by what Taker can do nowadays. Because he, maybe he is a bit too old to wrestle. 
again, when you when you want to have just two, this is like old school WWF, WCW. When you have two old people who just have that presence, it doesn't matter how bad the match is. It's just cool to see the matchup itself. It it is, but we are in an era in which the wrestling, although it's not great in the WWE compared to other wrestling organizations like New Japan or Ring of Honor or the the white hot indie scene, it still is important and the wrestling is as good uh, when it's allowed to be. The the talent, I should say, the talent is capable of producing the best wrestling in the world, but The Undertaker is not. No. And I think the number one thing that hurts The Undertaker appearing these days is that there's not a story. There's only the wrestling, and that's what he's capable of doing the least. Bring him back for a program that lasts three, four, five, six weeks, and then we'll overlook his subpar performance in the ring because we are invested in whatever story they've created. Sure. Like, I think the last one that made any difference whatsoever to me, honestly, was I think his second, Matt, his second uh, consecutive, which would have been his third overall WrestleMania match against Triple H, or maybe not. Which whichever one it was, twenty-seven WrestleMania twenty-seven or WrestleMania twenty-eight, when they were doing the like showing the the cabin with his shadow on it. And sure, were, sure. Like that one. So so because, so quite a while ago then, because that, that that was quite, yeah. that was the twenties. We're now WrestleMania thirty-five. Down the road here. Yeah. So long since past is is, is Taker's relevance. And he's one of my favorite of all time. Sure. My oh, no, he's, he's my favorite. He's like my favorite consistent wrestler like of all time. But you got to know when to stop. You got to know when to hold him and know when to fold him. And he certainly needs to fold it and go. But like I said, if they're going to keep bringing him out, if, if he's going to keep coming out and appearing at WrestleMania, then, you know, you're not going to have a barn burner with someone you know, at this age, it's not going to happen. God love you, Mark Calloway. But for pure exhibition, for pure marquee, Sting versus Undertaker. Just let it happen. And that way, that way, Steve Borden, Sting, can go get neck surgery and, and say goodbye to wrestling, finally. Because uh, the poor guy's waiting for it to happen. That is it. Those are your headlines. Your WrestleMania roundup. <laughs> I think you mean drive-by. No, I meant roundup. And with that, we move on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we move on. Uh, Darren, you and I had some uh, opinions going into WWE Fast Lane, and uh, let's see who was right. This is Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model, reminding you kids to be like me. Eat steak, lift weights, and drink whiskey. And listen to the wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin' Show. On the 10th of March, 2019, from the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland, Ohio, WWE brought their last pay-per-view leading up to WrestleMania 35, and that would have been Fastlane. 
And a couple weeks ago, before the pay-per-view, Perry and I went head-to-head with a boatload of predictions. Uh, What was a nine-match card and turned into a ten-match card, uh, we actually made extraordinarily good picks. Um, We only picked one match to end differently, and therefore, as long as that particular match didn't end up being thrown out for whatever reason, we knew that one of us would clearly uh, be victorious over the other. And in this case, I'm going to go ahead and say, I tip my cap to you, Perry. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. Not, very very but, nice of you to say. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. If not for WWE screwing up two of these matches for us and adding a match, uh, you would have had a perfect uh, pick selection, and I would have been uh, incorrect only once. So I, I really, I tip my hat to you. But then I immediately pat us both on the back because we did a fine job. Well, yes, I appreciate uh, I appreciate the the kind words. Uh, a perfect pick, which only Kurt Hennig would be proud of, and pats in the back, which only Barry Horowitz would uh, be proud of as well. <laughs> Uh, uh, there you go, which uh, Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig would, would refer to as Barry Horribowitz because he's a very nice guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, at the pre-show, uh, Xavier Woods and Big E representing the New Day defeated Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura as we both said they would but hoped they wouldn't. Right. Beyond that, we had the Usos in another tag team match, defend their SmackDown Live tag team titles against The Miz and Shane McMahon, and lo and behold, we finally got the breakup. And it was Shane, in fact, turning heel on The Miz uh, and only roughing up The Miz's dad a little bit. Uh, Instead, I guess the real heel tactic was making the father watch as he beat up the Miz. But I was more interested in seeing Shane beat up uh, Mr. Miz. (laughs) I like that you were interested in that. Um, Yeah, I guess the big surprise there, the big shock there, is that Shane turned heel and not the Miz. Um, So I guess that that makes this whole feud a little interesting, but I still don't care uh, to see Shane McMahon wrestle in any capacity these days. And unless it is a unless it is a fall off a tall uh, spot uh, match, I don't I don't care. Well, and from everything I've heard, Shane McMahon has already made it clear that this year's WrestleMania will not feature a giant bump uh, for for whatever reason. I guess somehow in the last three hundred and forty eight days, he figured out probably not the best for my uh, advancing age. Well, that and Maurice already has the giant bump from her pregnancy. Yes. Did I? Yes. yes. Did I do it right? Okay. Good. So, so did it. So that happened. Hey, hey, Perry. Hey, Perry. You did it. Yay! No, I think the only way Shane McMahon's gonna do a giant bump is if he does a giant bump of cocaine backstage <laughs> before coming <laughs> because otherwise. Uh. He's he's correct. He is correct in not risking life and limb uh, over wrestling, you know, a handful of matches a year. It's just not worth it, Shane. Right, but, right, right, right. Because because that stopped him before in the past, right? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I will say this: the teenage wrestling fan that lives inside my body, who is me, just 
from 20 something years ago. Oh yeah. Old blood and guts, teenage Darren Beasley. He wants to see Shane McMahon just splatter on the ground, jump from the roof, Shane, like, uh, give us, give us all you got. Literally give us all you've got. <laughs> right. Uh, well, it's funny when you say, anyway. when you say teenage wrestling fan, it sounds like a, a sci-fi movie from like the 1930s. I was a teenage wrestling fan. <laughs> Is it like, it's like a series of like uh, cautionary tales, like Reefer Madness. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Precisely. <laughs> oh, I'm a teenage wrestling fan, and then see his tragic end. <laughs> he jumped off the Titantron. Woo! <laughs> What's a Titantron? Um, <laughs> just called the Tron now. <laughs> yes. It's just a weird video game movie. Um. <laughs> Well, all right. So uh, Asuka defended her SmackDown Live women's title against Mandy Rose, and our uh, our differing pick went very early in the card, so we knew right away who was going to, to come out on top of this whole shebang. And it was you! Yay! Because Asuka did, as you said, and she held on to her title. I did it. Uh, it was, it was an easy pick for me because much like we said in Fair is Fair, much like we said Bianca Belair was not ready for an NXT Women's Championship match, Mandy Rose in no way ready for a singles match at WrestleMania. So luckily they were like, yeah, that wouldn't quite work at this point. So Asuka holds on to the belt, but people forget she has because, again, they don't know how to book people who aren't Ronda... They don't know how to book women that are not Ronda Rousey, Becky... Uh, Lynch or Charlotte Flair. That's very true. Um, and I knew better. I, I, I truly knew better than to pick Mandy Rose, but I, I had to go for it. I That's had to fine. go for it. And, and it came back to, to, to bite me. Let um, that be a lesson to you, Darren. Never go for it. <laughs> you, you hear that? Hashtag dear listeners. Never go for it. Always play it safe. That's right. Uh, and then even when you do play it safe, you'll still get screwed in the end because they'll throw in a match that they didn't even say they were going to. And it was this whole Kofi Kingston versus the bar. Um, what? Like, this was a Vince McMahon. He's tricking Kofi Kingston into thinking he's about to get a shot at the uh, Daniel Bryan's WWE Championship. But instead of it being Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens, Instead, he's got to wrestle both members of the bar in a handicap match, and he loses, <laughs> and it all seems very pointless. <laughs> That's only because it was, Darren. But I would have picked Kofi Kingston to, to lose the match just because. because They're trying to, to tease, they're trying to torture Kofi Kingston and say, oh, because you want something, does that mean you get it? No, you get you get the bar. They don't just set the bar. They are the bar, Darren. Wow, you said that with such conviction and enthusiasm. Because that's about where I'm at with the bar these days. But moving on. Oh, I still love the bar. I still love the bar, man. You gotta love the bar. Do but I? moving on. <laughs> uh, well, you should. Okay. They're, they're, they're really pretty great. Okay. Uh, the Revival, however, are your Raw Tag Team Champions... And in the next match, they defended those belts against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, as well as the team, uh, the Why Do We Exist team of Aleister Black and Ricochet. And uh, the Revival retained the belts. Phenomenal and match, by the way. 
Really, really great match. A lot of fun. Exactly what we expected it to be going into it. We mentioned on the last episode that this would be one of the best matches of the night. And it did not disappoint. No, it definitely did not. The next match they screwed up for us again. It was supposed to be Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Andrade Almas. Uh, or I guess Rey Mysterio, not Junior, versus just Just Andrade, Andrade please. They'd like to trim all the extra words and letters. Thanks for thanks for nothing, WWE. Uh, <laughs> and this match was also advertised as a pre-show match. Well, they made it a U.S. tag team title match by adding in Samoa Joe and R-Truth. Uh, and Samoa Joe retains the belt. Samoa Joe goes over Mysterio, Andrade, and Truth. And uh, this obviously leads directly to the match that we talked about earlier. The match uh, that um, uh, uh, between Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio, which is the uh, Giants versus uh, a, a very small, tiny person. Right, right, right. Uh, basically, uh, Peter Dinklage, as he was... <laughs> Peter Dinklage as he is in Game of Thrones versus Peter Dinklage as he is in Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There you go. Oh man, that's good. That's okay. good. That's okay. good. Okay. Uh, oh, so yeah, no, the, uh, I think WrestleMania should actually be Ray versus Andrade just to do it because it's such a good match and just have Samoa Joe fight John Cena for the US Championship belt. Because they keep doing the whole U.S. Open Challenge, which is a John Cena thing, uh, so you might as well bring it full circle and have Cena fight Samoa Joe. That would also be a really good match anyway, so, but whatever. I agree. Sasha and Bayley, the women's tag team champions of the WWE, defended their belts against Nia Jax and Tamina. Now, Sasha and Bayley, of course, uh, they represent all the brands. They represent all the women and have sworn to defend those belts on all the brands. I know they've at least made an appearance on all the brands. I don't know if they've defended the belts there yet, but they defend them on this multi-brand pay-per-view. Um, they, they, of course, they are the inaugural women's tag team champions, and they defend them against a team that outweighs them by about 3,000 pounds. And, uh, you know, these... These that's fair. That, that, by the way, that's fair. That that's not an insult. I mean, that's that's just a fact. No, it's not an insult. I mean, just to draw well, a direct well, well, comparison. Well, Three thousand is a bit is a bit much. But yes, I see what you're saying. It may be a bit much. It may be an exaggeration. But it uh, is simply to to paint a picture here. No no insults are intended. To make a very very specific and clear uh, comparison. Sasha and Bailey are like Rey Mysterio and Nia Jax and Tamina are like Samoa Joe. I saw that going. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Um, nevertheless, Sasha and Bailey, despite being minuscule in comparison to these giant Samoan women, uh, are able to pull out the victory, defend their tag belts, and, uh, and vanquish the much, 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 much larger team. Yeah, I don't know um, if if this if Sasha and Bailey had not just won these tag belts going into the match, then I would have said they probably would have dropped them to Nia Jax and Tamina. But uh, but interestingly enough, this match actually sets up what could be a match with Beth Phoenix and uh, Natalia, which is what it's shaping up to be against 
someone here, uh, Sasha and Bailey, it looks like. Um, yeah, because Tamina and, and Nia Jax beat up on Beth Phoenix, who was uh, doing commentary on this match. And what was horrifying about that, Darren, is Beth Phoenix's iPhone fell out of her pocket. And it was like, the whole time I was like, oh God, oh God, like someone pick up her iPhone. To, like, Tamina, don't step on that iPhone because it didn't even have a case on it. So I was very worried about that. Oh, it's shattered. It, it's it's like a Rolling Stones song. It's just shattered. <laughs> nice. Well, that's the beast of burden for not having a case on your iPhone. It's, uh, it's true. It's true. I was going to make another vowel, but I'll stop. It was just, t- uh, it's just, it's just tumbling <laughs> dice out of her pockets when uh, those large Samoan women picked her up and uh, beat up on her. So. Um, That's true. That's true. It's exactly what it's like. Um, she can't get no satisfaction, Darren. <laughs> Stop it! Oh my god! Uh, I, I, all I can say is you can't always get what you want. <laughs> okay, okay. So, what we will get to see, though, is I think Beth Phoenix and Natalia uh, challenging for the tag team belts or, or challenging Nia Jax and Tamina. There's no way that Natalia and Beth Phoenix don't get some sort of shot at comeuppance uh, because they deserve it. And I think that it's sort of like, here's the here's the opportunity for Beth and Natalia to do their twin magic that they've been trying to do for 15 years and never truly got the, the a real opportunity to do it uh, with anybody watching that gave a damn. Sure. And now is that time in which people will give a lot of dams uh, to see the two of them come out together uh, and, and and potentially put on a clinic. Um, so I'm excited to see Beth Phoenix return to the ring, especially with Natalia at her side. But next we have the WWE Championship because, of course, it's not the main event, but it is somewhere in the middle of the card. <laughs> and the WWE Champion Daniel Bryan with his eco-friendly belt, he's the champion of the planet, uh, as they are, as they are calling him. Uh, again, that we have to chalk the result of this matchup to a no contest as far as the head-to-head. Head-to-head. Because of the fact that this match is not as it was uh, advertised. And therefore, our pick is disqualified because we picked a singles match between Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens in which we both picked Daniel Bryan to retain. However, Mustafa Ali is added to the match. One in an effort to go nanny nanny poo poo, stick your head in doo doo, uh, to Kofi Kingston, and also to just confuse the issue until we can get to WrestleMania. Everything about this match is wrong um, because, <laughs> well, he, here's here's the thing. He, here are here are multiple reasons why this is a total misstep on WWE's part. Well, for obvious reasons, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens would be a phenomenal match. And this match is actually really, really good. Even with Mustafa Ali, you know, interjected into it, you make it a triple threat, and it's kind of a mystery as to who the third person's going to be. People think it might be Kofi at this point, and of course it isn't. So Mustafa Ali comes out, which, by the way, was the original guy being pushed before he was injured, and, you know, Kofi took his place and got to where he is now. So Mustafa Ali is kind of getting that title shot that he didn't that he missed, right, the first time. But the entire time, the audience is chanting for Kofi Kingston. So they're shooting on the match. It takes them 
about two-thirds of the match to actually get into it and realize it's still a decent match. Uh, Daniel Bryan does pull the victory out. All they had to do, Darren, was say, on, on the Raw coming into this, or the SmackDown coming into this, say, Kofi Kingston will be involved in the title match at Fastlane if people lose their shit. Oh my god, what's gonna happen? And then they they bring out, you know, Daniel Bryan, they bring out Kevin Owens and say, and your special guest referee, Kofi Kingston. That way he is involved in the match. He is in the ring. He You see his face the entire time, but he is not in the match. And that's more of a fuck you. And that way people can chant for him, but he's there, but he's not in the wrestling capacity. That would have been perfect. That's what you do. But instead you get what they booked at yeah 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 and all that does uh, all that it really does is first of all very very few people that are watching are not smart marks and so what you've done is you've brought ali back surprisingly quickly and he was supposed to be a baby face and he's supposed to be the underdog according to reports basically everything they're doing with kofi right now they were going to do with ali Yet he was so severely hurt enough at a point in the very recent past that plans had to be completely jettisoned. And yet now he's already back. And now it's working against him because they're pushing Kofi instead. Weird. So now you're actually hurting Ali. And now what do you do? Do you push Ali in spite of that? And then you really damage Kofi? and you damage your relationship with the fans? Or what do you do? I mean, what, it's clear that what they're going to do is just push Kofi, but now Ali's just an afterthought again. He's going to end up back on 205 Live. They shouldn't have brought him back into the mix, not with Kofi being as hot as he is now, um, because, like they again, they gave him this chance, and everyone wants the underdog to be given a chance in WWE, and it's too late because... All of his heat is with Kofi, and no one cares about Ali at this point. So, anyway, Dana O'Brien retains. Uh, if Kofi Kingston is going to be in the main event picture, or I won't, not main event because this belt never sees the main event. Uh, the title picture, I should say, at WrestleMania remains to be seen. We'll see what happens there. Uh, moving on, though, the ladies. Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. If Becky Lynch wins, she gets to be in the title picture at WrestleMania uh, for Ronda Rousey's Raw women's championship belt i uh, hope you didn't come uh watch this for a, a wrestling match darren because you don't get one becky lynch no. is still selling this injury and i'm really it's 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 such a contrast because becky's supposed to be this badass you know compared to stone cold steve austin but she's been hobbling on television for the last couple months and it just makes her look weak and incapable yes, right the, you know how you fix that you strap a couple of leg braces on her, and you have her literally be just <laughs> more like Stone Cold. Like, he is the bionic redneck, right? And drive so a, a semi-truck full of beer to the ring uh, and wear a leather vest, yes. Seriously, get the crutches out from under her arms and stop her fucking limping. Right. Let, let her please be able to make a confident, worthwhile entrance at WrestleMania. If Becky Lynch is about to be in the main event of WrestleMania, she needs to march confidently to the ring in order to sell me on who she is. 
because I don't want to see her hobble into a match, hobble around the ring, and then end WrestleMania with a like a, a champion that can't stand up. Like that's not what you do. You know, I mean no, Rocky, I totally agree. Rocky Balboa's face may have always ended up looking like uh, a package of hamburger meat with purple ink spilled on it. Right. It looked, but guess what? His his face his face looked like you you know round two fighting a super macho man in Tyson's Punch Out. Yes. <laughs> but but unlike that, unlike that, he was always on two feet, and that's what I want Becky Lynch. Sure. Doing. I would love for WrestleMania to end with a a victorious and uh, upright Becky Lynch. Sure. If not upright in her behavior, upright in her stature. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. But it's so in this match, in quotations, we get a wobbly, unstable, hurt, injured, limping, fawn Becky Lynch taking on Charlotte Flair. And Charlotte Flair kind of has her way with Becky until Ronda Rousey comes out and uh, beats up on Becky Lynch which automatically disqualifies Charlotte Flair and awards Becky Lynch the victory. And Ronda Rousey says, you know, I did this so Becky Lynch could be at WrestleMania in this triple threat match. And I think Corey Graves, someone points out immediately that's just a stupid tactic. Or maybe even Charlotte does, because why would you introduce a third person into a match? Because that means you don't have to be pinned to lose your belt, so... Clearly, Ronda Rousey has a lot to learn when it comes to uh, being a tactician in the world of wrestling. But basically, you just want people to kind of be to kind of be happy with something that Ronda does. I guess going into WrestleMania, and this guarantees Becky's in there. Charlotte didn't lose to Becky on the way to WrestleMania, so that makes sense. But this whole thing could have been done differently and and better. I think. I think it totally could have been done better, but I'm okay with it happening this way. I would have loved to have seen. Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey singles match main event of WrestleMania. Um, what that would have done was disappoint the Darren Beasley of three years ago when uh, Charlotte uh, seemed to be the absolute heiress apparent to all things women's wrestling. Uh, and, and so, yeah, that, that version of Charlotte and that version of Darren would be disappointed to know that women were going to WrestleMania main event in just a few years, but it's not going to be Charlotte. But now it is They're They're forcing her into this match because they don't want to face the, the reality, which is they've, they've snuffed out her star a little bit. Uh, they've spent the last three years diminishing Charlotte. And now they're paying for their own mistakes. And so they're also trying to now, you know, they, they made a molehill out of a mountain and now they're going to make a mountain out of a molehill. Sure. And there's no reason for that to have ever happened if they would just have some consistent booking somewhere in that company. But I will say I'm not totally opposed to this being a triple threat. It still could be highly exciting it does take a little bit of pressure off of Ronda Rousey so that, you know, because I, again, I think her matches in the WWE have been some of the best matches of the year in WWE. Nevertheless, apparently Ronda is an incredibly nervous and anxious person in real life. And so I can see her nerves possibly getting the best of her 
if she were in a singles match main event of WrestleMania. But by putting a third person in there, they should all feel a little bit better that if anything goes wrong, one person can step aside and pitch to the other two temporarily while shit gets figured out. Sure, it, it takes some of the stress off of all their shoulders, you know, so basically... And again, you, you want to add more names to kind of to increase the, the, know, the credibility maybe of the match. Or like, someone has to love Ronda, right? Someone has to love Becky. Someone has to love Charlotte. So how could you be sure. upset if they're all in the match together? So I, I totally get that. The main event, though, uh, is a six-man tag match. The Shield doing it one last time, Darren. Roman Reigns is back, and he's in fighting shape. He's with Seth Rollins. He's with Dean Ambrose. And they're taking on Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. They are. I have a quick question. Why does it have to be the last time? Because Dean Ambrose is leaving. He's not renewing but his contract. He? I mean, well, that's weird because I've never, I don't recall them ever mentioning it multiple times when someone is not re-signing with the company and basically saying, this is it for The Shield. It's Dean Ambrose's fault, everyone. So send all your hate mail to Dean Ambrose. WWE, care of Dean Ambrose. <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird that they kept mentioning that. Uh, well, Roman Reigns survived leukemia just so Dean Ambrose can shit all over him. So if you hate, you know, this, then hate Dean Ambrose is literally what they did. It's like when they blamed Baron Corbin for, for bad Raw ratings. <laughs> right, it's right. Like, you assholes, um, stop it. This match is great, by the way. This match is very good. This match was exactly what it needed to be. There you go. Praising Fastlane here. I thought this hey. was a really nice send-off for the Shield. Um, you know, a lot of the old Shield bits and spots are involved in here. Um, everything happened the way it should have happened, except for the miscommunication between Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin, where Baron Corbin goes to do his, like, where he... He jumps out of the ring to run around the post to get back in the ring to hit you. Roman Reigns like winds up for like a it's a kick or a punch. Doesn't know that's what Baron Corbin's doing. Baron Corbin's like sliding to go out of the ring and like like Roman Reigns like connects in his face. So it's like a real <laughs> punch or kick. And there's like a moment of like, what are you doing? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But beyond that, uh, like I said, this match was a lot of fun. It was it was really good. It made you think about the good times. Yeah, and, that, and that's and that's why I, after the match, I'm just as curious as I was before the match, if not more so. Why don't we let the good times roll, right? Sure, sure. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, I wish this match would have happened at like WrestleMania. That's kind of a better farewell to the Shield than Fast Lane. Um, but I understand, you know, obviously Seth Rollins has batter fish to fry with uh, his match against. Um, old Brock Lesnar for that universal title. So I get that, but I don't know. They can always reunite. I'm sure we'll see the shield again. Uh, it's kind of like, fuck, the rock and sock connection got back together again, eventually for WrestleMania, Darren. So the shield will probably reunite at some point, but as it is for the, you know, foreseeable future, this is it for the shield. Uh, and you know, okay, well, that's fine, I guess. But what do you do with Dean Ambrose? If he just resigns, he won't. He won't. He better not at this point. He better not at this point. I bet he does. I, I'm going to bet that he does. Uh-oh. And then we know what they're going to do with Seth Rollins. He absolutely must beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, right? 
Well, sure. If if they're if he if they don't let him win, then they're out. They're officially out of bodies to throw at Brock Lesnar. They've run. They, they've run the gauntlet. They're they're done. They really, really, really will have. I don't even know what you would maybe do at that point, but. Uh, well, top guess, old old top prospects uh, <laughs> Braun Strowman is in the the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal because because that's how fucking low <laughs> it's a low fucking Braun Strowman has gone since last year. That's un- unbelievable. That's that, unbelievable. No, no, that's believable because that's WWE, Darren. Well, I don't know if he's. I don't know if last year is a good place to judge how far he's fallen because. Last year at WrestleMania, he was tag teaming with a child. <laughs> but he won. He was a he was a Raw tag team champion, Darren, with uh with a boy. But the, a little... but he he was someone so fierce, so big and bad that he could beat two people on his own. You know, if you know, not for a little child. All he needed was a little child to help him beat two grown men. Those two grown men being the Bar, by the way. Um, this year though, he's just one of the many bodies involved in a battle royal. So that, that, that is an emotion in my eyes, but. Well, we're going to talk more about Braun Strowman's WrestleMania fate. We're going to talk more about what, what about Roman Reigns? What's his WrestleMania fate? Uh, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about all that more next week. We've got two more episodes between now and WrestleMania 35. And I know that, uh, the internet and the internet wrestling community, and wrestling television is all going to be absolutely turned up to 11 over the next several weeks. And then, of course, there's the week leading up to WrestleMania where the entire world community of professional wrestling descends on one city. And this year it is New York. Um, and that's going to be crazy. All the indie wrestling all the 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 uh, the B plus players, if you will, uh, and then of course your your big time contenders like New Japan and Ring of Honor putting on G one Supercard show in Madison Square Garden. Oh my God, we're that close to all of that insanity, and so there's going to be so so very much to talk about. Plenty more to talk about, folks, in the next coming weeks. We're going to have all the news right here on the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. The whole ref and show. Are you excited about the way WrestleMania is shaping up? Are you satisfied? Are you unsatisfied? Let us know. There are a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Ref and Show Podcast. That's R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook. Like and share. We would appreciate that. If you want to, you can send us a Gmail, the whole ref and show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com or... Or we are always there on the trusty Instagram at the whole ref and show. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E. R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W. Just search for The Whole Ref and Show, and we're there on Instagram to share all our pretty pictures. And that's all we've got for you this week, ladies and jelly spoons. We hope to see you back here for another exciting episode of the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Ref and Show, which, by the way, my name is Perry Smith. And I am the incredible badass that is Darren Beasley. And we'll see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. So long. Bye-bye!
Drop in the colored pegs and follow the patterns. It's easy to make beautiful pictures with Lightbrite. Or create your favorite characters with Lightbrite refills, like Disney's Beauty and the Beast, Tailspin, and The Little Mermaid. Lightbrite, light light turn on the magic of shining light. Lightbrite from Milton Bradley.